This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Ying.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. She pulled my hair with my lipstick on, in a glass of purple dry. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. want to first thank my corporate sponsors, as I always do, which are inclusive of Forever, AHA, That, and Halton Honda. I also want to thank the loyal listeners and the podcast subscribers, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Apple. And I want to remind everybody that following the guest that I'm showcasing of each week, you can find the podcast link up on my host page on C-Suite Radio Network, also living fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. So once again, I am joined by yet another phenomenal guest. Who is my guest of today? Well, my guest is a phenomenal woman by the name of Ursula Menches. Two-time best-selling author, award-winning entrepreneur, and sales expert, Ursula will transform the way you think about selling so you can reach your goals with less anxiety and less effort. The founder of Sales Coach Now, as well as an inspirational speaker, author of Selling with Intention, Selling with Synchronicity, and One Great Goal, Ursula specializes in neuro-linguistic programming to help clients double and triple their sales in as little as 30 days. Honing her skills at an international technical training company, where she began her career in 1996, Ursula increased sales by 90% in just one year. In 2001, when the company's annual run was in the tens of millions, Ursula advanced to the position of president at just 27 years old. Sales guru Brian Tracy endorsed her best-selling and award-winning book, Selling with Intention, saying, this powerful practical book shows you how to connect customers by fully understanding the sales process from the inside out. It really works. Ursula is the recipient of the Small Business Administration's Women in Business Champion Award, Willow Tree's Extraordinary Example and Extraordinary Entrepreneur, PDP's Extraordinary Speaker and Businesswoman of the Year, and she received the Lifetime Achievement Award for her work from two presidents of the United States of America, both political parties. Her podcast, Double Your Sales Now, is being downloaded in 52 countries and is experiencing double-digit growth. And Ursula's new book, The Belief Zone, reached Amazon best-selling status and received two Beverly Hills Book Awards. Wow. Is that all? (laughs) Hello, Ursula. How are you? Welcome to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Lisa. It sounds really good when you read it, so I want you to get over there with me. Thank you. Thank you for that great intro. I have to say, the thanks goes back to you. You should be thanking yourself for all your hard work and uh, truly making a difference and offering value and impact in the lives of others. And honestly, I I mean, I'm, I'm tired reading that. I thought I was busy. You, you kind of put me to shame here. <laughs> oh, please. We all, we all have our stuff going on, right? We're all busy. I know you are as well, and you're making a major impact. So thank you for having me here with you. Well, it's a pleasure to finally have you on here and, uh, and having you joining with our listening audience. So let's just start, as we always do, Ursula. Everybody knows who follows me, for which I'm grateful for. I'm very organic. I'm very unscripted. I think it makes for a much more authentic, uh, organic dialogue. Uh, but the one thing I do like to often open with is, what was the inception of your journey in terms of what people would glean for what it is you do today in terms of success, accolades, vocation path? Where did you once upon a time time figure out that this was the path you were intended to be on? Oh, that is a, that's a big question, Lisa. So I, 
I think the path has found me. And sometimes I've been kicking and screaming on this path. Like if you would have told me I'd be a paid professional speaker, I would have laughed you out the door because when I was in the ninth grade, I couldn't even read a paragraph in front of the classroom. I I was so nervous. I actually had something called glossophobia, which is a thing. You can Google it. It means, you know, a deep fear of public speaking. I was, was much more afraid of dying, you know, you've heard people say that, but literally for me, this was true than getting up and speaking in front of of anyone. And now today I do it for a living. And so (laughs) this was never like, this is never what I thought I'd be doing. What I always knew though, I, I loved people. Like from when I was little on, I loved people. I loved serving people. I loved teaching. And, you know, I didn't know what form that would take, but Mm -hmm. it was sort of the inspiration along the way. I just, I just wanted to make a difference in other people's lives. Beautiful. Well, let's talk a little bit about the backstory because oftentimes, and I always appeal to the loyal listeners first, if it weren't for them, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, So, you know, they often gravitate towards this type of content because they're looking for inspiration. They're looking for yummy nuggets. They're looking for resources. uh, But sometimes they don't immediately feel that they can identify with the successes and the accolades and the status of the guests in which I'm showcasing on a weekly basis. So what humanizes it what makes it relatable is going back to the backstory of each person that I'm showcasing, knowing that at one point there must have been some level of trepidation or adversity or some type of uh, cathartic experience that really shaped and navigated your journey for what we would glean for it today. So is there something from the past, Ursula, that you could maybe share with us that would offer some inspiration and some hope for people? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I think when people meet me today, they have this, they have an assumption of, you know, where I was raised or how I was raised or just, you know, probably a pretty nice childhood. And I had an interesting childhood. I grew up on a small family farm in Southern Minnesota and it it was not, it was not a perfect journey by any means. Um, my dad suffered from alcoholism. My mom was very depressed and my parents had a lot of stuff going on and God bless them. They did the best that they could, but they had a lot of, you know, emotional stuff going on and there were three kids in the mix. And so my parents separated when I was four and you know, that was a pretty, that was a pretty big deal. And my, my dad actually, um, ended up getting custody of us. My mom, um, was, you know, had to go and do some self-care for herself and, you know, really get some of the help and support that she needed. I can imagine for a mom, how traumatic that must've been. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, so that was sort of like, you know, at four, I mean, there was, there was just a lot of life that I'd already lived. And one, I remember aunts and uncles would always say to me, Ursula, you're, you're like a 40 year old, you know, when I was four or five. And so I grew up very early and I feel like I had a lot of life before I was even a teenager. And, you know, what, what I learned from that experience was, a lot of compassion for other people, for other people's addictions, for mental illness, for people who are struggling in poverty. I mean, there were times when we had food stamps and, you know, we just, I look back at that journey. I know it formed me, right? And it, mm-hmm. I wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, it, there were things that I saw that I wish I could unsee, but it is what it is. And it made me a much stronger person. It made me more compassionate. Now, I will say this, Lisa, though, this is what got me on my own journey of self-development, right? Like I had to figure out what, what happened in my family, what's going on Mm -hmm. because there was a history of this in the family. And I thought, well, I don't, I don't want that to be my life. I don't want to have all that drama. Like that's just way, I'm very anti-drama. I'm like, I just want to have a calm, peaceful life. And so, you know, I, I ended up meeting this great social worker when I was 15 and she just really transformed my life. She's the reason I went to St. Olaf college. I didn't even know a private school was an option for me, even though I was a straight A student, I couldn't see myself there. And other people discouraged me. They said, Ursula, you're, you know, that's, you're not going to really fit in there. And I thought, why not? Why Mm -hmm. am I not going to fit in there? And so I applied and I ended up getting into St. Olaf and that was a big deal for me. And it was hard in some ways. A lot of kids, you know, had came from very different backgrounds, but it stretched me and it was exactly what I needed on my journey. And so there was never a time when I thought, that's not for me. I fought that thought. I've always fought that thought. When I look at other people and I think, oh, they have something that I want rather than being Mm -hmm. jealous, I think, how can I have that too? I let them be the example. So for your listeners, you know, as you're listening to this story, I feel you, I hear you. And when you see other people and you know, you want what they have, let that inspire you to think I can have that too. Beautiful. I love, I love that you put that contrast on it because oftentimes 
Uh, and you said a couple things I want to delve back on and, and really dig deep on that for the listening audience. So, you know, we know that there's different, uh, everyone's operating at a different level of self-awareness. We understand uh, some people were not necessarily brought up with great examples, role modeling, infrastructure of support, whatever the case may be. But some people tend to use and fall upon that as excuse making to explain where they still are in their life, not realizing that when you embark upon becoming an adult, there is choice here. Everybody has the affordability and the option of of making a choice that's most conducive to honoring their true spirit and their journey. And then other people like you, Ursula, you know, it's like, okay, well, there's a lesson within this. You know, I don't need to fall prey to victimology. I don't need to succumb to circumstances or old scripts that no longer serve me. I'm in charge of navigating my journey. So what what do you think, particularly in your realm of coaching, what yeah. do you find is sometimes being the common denominator for why people continuously remain stuck? Sure. A couple things. One, I think how they see themselves. So their self-image or their belief about themselves. And Mm -hmm. I, I get that. Like, you know, we're up until we're seven years old, you know, everything we hear just kind of lands into our subconscious and we take it on as truth. And so you have to be willing to dig into that and say, what's true or what's not true about what I believe about myself or how I see myself. And so that's a great, like, if you feel stuck, that's a great place to begin because the truth is you are a child of the divine, right? You are a beautiful spirit who is on the planet to do wonderful things. And you, you have a gift that no one else has. And sometimes you just have to open up that gift and figure out what it is. And so it's being willing to look at yourself. But the other, the reason I wrote the book, the belief zone is because there's so like, there's so many beliefs we have about why we can't do something. And it's amazing when people, you know, as a coach, like that's what I hear are the stories of why people can't have a seven figure business or, you know, they can't write a best-selling book. They have this huge story about that. And so Mm -hmm. I like to help them reverse the story by reversing the beliefs that just aren't true. The beliefs about themselves, the belief about others, the belief about why people get things and they think that they don't, right? And you start to unravel people's limiting beliefs and you start to find achieving beliefs for them to take on. And it's amazing how that starts to send them down the path. So I think it's two things. I think it's self-image and I think it's the beliefs about self and circumstances. And the good news, Elisa, is all of these things are things that we can impact, things that we can change. Beautiful. Absolutely. Wholeheartedly subscribe to that. So, you know, when we talk about goals, when we talk about intentions, um, you know, and I I say this is very timely because we are very closely approaching upon a new year and we know people get raw, raw and they get overly enthusiastic. And this (laughs) is the this is the year they're going to lose weight. This is the year that they're going to redefine their relationships and their boundaries and assert themselves and make more money and you know, write that book, whatever the case may be. So what is it that, that makes people fall off that momentous track of I'm, this is going to be it. This is my stand up, standout year. Yeah. Such a great question. It's one that I, I don't know that there's, you know, the perfect answer, but here's what I've learned over the years, Lisa. It's this, that goals can be short-sighted. Now I I wrote a book called, you know, one great goal. So I'm a big believer in writing your goals down. I I definitely believe that, but here's where people miss, right? So Mm -hmm. let's say we're going to the end of the year, we write a few goals down for, you know, 2019. Number one might be someone you talked about, you know, maybe they want to lose 20 pounds. Maybe they want to get healthy, whatever that means. Maybe they want to grow their business. Right. And so a lot of times they write the goals They're They're not very specific. They're not very strategic. um, They're not very clear. And, there's something lost in that. Now, what I recommend is writing the goals down in present tense. If you can do it, sometimes it sounds kind of hokey for people because they think I don't believe that, or my brain doesn't believe it. But if you can write down your top 10 goals in, in present tense in front of you and keep them in front of you. Or second, this is from my friend, Michael Lozier. He says, write them down in a way that you say I am in the process. So let's say you want to lose 20 pounds. If your brain freaks out when you say, I am 20 pounds lighter, right? And that's like, <laughs> lie, lie, lie. Then right. Like, I am in the process of, you know, releasing is a better word than losing. I think releasing 20 pounds. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you write your goals down in that way. Now here's the next piece. And here's, here's what people miss. Often when we write our goals down, we write, we number them. Okay. And mm-hmm. when I started to look at all the research that I've done for my, on my own goals and why I've achieved certain goals and others, one of the things I did differently over the years is I actually put check boxes in front of my goals instead of numbers. Beautiful. You put numbers in front of them. It's like one, two, three, your brain puts them in a certain order and then you get stuck. What does a checkbox say to a goal, Lisa? 
that everything's open. Yes. And that I'm going to get it done. Right. It's just like we yes. put check boxes in front of tasks because we expect it to happen. So that takes your goal setting to another level of, I expect that goal to happen. I'm going to check it off. Right mm-hmm. now, here's the last part. And this is the part where it gets really powerful. One of the things we don't do, but I feel like Olympic athletes do, I feel like a lot of people that are very successful do this, but often as business owners or often as just people in, you know, living out in the world, we, we don't add this to our goal setting experience. I want you to script it out. So mm-hmm. we, we need to fast track it in what I call reverse engineer. So imagine that you're writing a journal entry. This is the easiest way to do it. Let's say you write a journal entry. It's December 31st, 2019, right? So it's a year in the future. And, and you write, you write down, you say, you know, you date it and you write, this is the most incredible year I'd ever imagined. I could have ever imagined. And here's what happened. And you actually script it like a story. Yes. Now this seems like a small thing, but you script it as if it's already happened. It imprints on your subconscious mind and it just starts to come to life. The clients who, of mine who do this, they'll come back later and they go, Ursula, I read, I read my story. You know, all those things happen. It's a different part of the process. Well, and I think that's really important to impress upon too, because it's another way of, of saying there's no such thing as coincidence, right? It's really right. willing yourself. And, and so when you envision and you visualize and you manifest and we, and I want to get into what your daily rituals, mantras are, what it is that you would attribute to your own personal success and staying on the straight and narrow for all that you claim to be important to you. Um, but you know, when you reprogram yourself and you say, whether it be the daily affirmations or proclamations, I am statements, you know, so when you're projecting into the future, I am 20 pounds lighter, I am uh, 20, I, I am brighter, I am wealthier, I am abundant, I am a best-selling author, I am, and make it very tangible, right? Use the mm-hmm. adjectives, use the adjectives, insert the adjectives, don't make it ambiguous, don't make it vague, don't make it loosey-goosey, because then people will often reflect back upon that, if not properly strategically written, and go, oh, well, why did I fall short on that? I thought I was doing all the right things, I got coached, I got mentored, I was coachable, Um, but languaging is so pivotal for what transpires. Yes, and and I would add to that, this is what I I work with coaches. I know you do as well. And one of my coaches said to me this year, because I had this big goal and it was really scaring me and I'd done all the work I'd written it down and I just still had a lot of fear around it. And sometimes, you know, you can do all the work on the world on your fear, your limiting beliefs and you know, all of that. But sometimes Lisa, right. You just have to walk through it in Mm. spite of the fear. And that's the thing, like there, you know, you can write your goals down, you can script it out. Obstacles will come up, but no matter what you have to make the decision that no matter what, you're going to walk through it. And often you have to walk through the most uncomfortable, fear-filled things to get to whatever it is you want. I mean, I walk through the fear of public speaking to keep going in my career, but you have to be willing to walk through it. Well, to hear you now, you would never know that. Like, holy cow, <laughs> leaps and bounds. I mean, you've 20 mastered years that later. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've not an overnight success. That. No, no. And I think that's another important point, too, to impress upon is, you know, it's what people glean as overnight success. We know there's no such thing as overnight success, you know, and there's some adage that speaks to what people glean in public has been done in private over and over and over and over again. Um, So for you to be the recipient of so many rewards, so many accolades, endorsements from Brian Tracy, uh, to receive Lifetime Achievement Awards from two presidents, I mean, let's talk a little bit about that. Vibe attracts tribe. We know that. We understand law of attraction. We understand that everything is energy-based. It's about synergistically co-creating and aligning with the right people. So how did these people get on your path at that particular juncture? Yeah. So Brian, so I, Brian Tracy has been such an inspiration to me. He, you know, I read his book, um, the psychology of selling. It was one of the first books on sales I'd ever read. And I thought, wow, I'd sure like Brian to mentor me someday, but I didn't know how that would happen. Mm -hmm. But I see him as, you know, a top sales trainer, if not the top sales trainer in the industry. And so I, um, I don't know. He was just always on my radar. And then I made the decision and here's the key. Lisa, that word decide, 
means close the door on everything else, right? The root of the word decide means I'm going to close the door. I decided that I wanted Brian to endorse my book selling with intention. Now that was a big risk because guess what? I didn't know Brian. I hadn't even gone to any of his training yet. I didn't know anything about him. Well, what's crazy. So this is where synchronicity comes in. It's one of the reasons I wrote my book selling with synchronicity because synchronicity, according to Carl Jung, means a meaningful coincidence, right? You can't explain it just happens. So two weeks after I decided that I wanted Brian to endorse my book, I didn't know the how, he ended up hiring a comp- another company that I was already working with that I was being represented as um, for an author doing some sponsorships. So they were, it was a company that you know helped me get sponsorships and he hired them to do the same. And I just happened to be having a conversation. I didn't know this. I was having a conversation with the owner and I said, oh my gosh, you know who I'd love to endorse my book? And he's like, who? And I said, Brian Tracy. And he goes, well, guess what? Brian is one of our clients now. I'll talk to him for you. It happened wow. so fast. Like a week later, I had my first endorsement from Brian and then he became, I mean, I was just so blown away. Like I got a personal email from him. I was like, are you real? He's like, yes, I'm real. <laughs> and I'm so delighted to know you. And I feel like I'm going to know you in other ways. And I, I've ended up doing more training with him. And he is, he, he's the reason I also, um, so I was part of his speaker training a couple of years ago and he gifted me because I was asking him some questions about, you know, how he got published traditionally. I, he said, here, just take my, take my book proposal, Ursula, model it. And, you know, I'm sure you'll get a traditional publisher. And I did. Wow. I know. And I, I didn't ask for that. I just told him I, I had just asked a few questions and yeah, very generous man. So I think part of it is that I just, I, you know, I've always been clear on who I want to network with, who I want to learn from, who I want to be connected to. And and it has shown up. Well, and it always does. It absolutely always does. And I think as much as, you know, we're intuitively the type of people who choose to be uh, the ones who pay it forward and be of service, as important as it is to be a good giver, you have to be a great receiver. Your receptive mode has to be open all the time in order for the yumminess of the Brian Tracy's in the world and, you know, being the recipient of two lifetime achievement awards from two presidents. I mean, you know, People will pick up on your energy as to whether you believe, truly believe that you are deserving, that you are worthy. And if you continue to play small, so then will the world, the universe, operate accordingly, correct? Correct. Yes. The universe is always just reflecting back whatever we're thinking about and putting out there, which can be the most frustrating or the most inspiring thing to think about at times. Absolutely. So if we talk about some of uh, what it is that you do in your your coaching and your mentoring practice, you know, obviously the contrast from the before and after for whoever you're interfacing with and working closely and intimately with alongside with their goals, you know, could you share some of what the, the more standout testimonials, some of the more uh, big results have been for people who have come across your path? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, one, one example which I can speak publicly about because she wrote a book about her experience as a woman named um, Abby Walker. She wrote a book called Strap on a Pair, and it's about her business that she grew, uh, an, an insole business. And in the book, she shares this. I met Abby when she came to one of my free events when she her business was around about $1,000 a month. And even at that point, she was thinking about going back to the corporate world and working full time. And so uh, the day I met her, I remember having a quick conversation. She hadn't even hired me yet. She just came to a free event. And she just said, I want your feedback on my pricing. Whenever mm-hmm. someone says that to me, I already know they're underpriced, right? Like, right, so I yes. Looked, I looked at it and I said, at a minimum, double it. And she's like, <gasps> she had this moment of like, no, like that can't happen. You know, I don't know, all these limiting beliefs. And I go, trust me. And so she went home and doubled you know, her pricing and made some adjustments and emailed it out and sent me an email the next day and said, my favorite email line, you're never going to believe this. Here's what happened. (laughs) So her sales started to grow. And she said, you know what, I'm going to come to sales camp. No question. So she came to sales camp first time, immediately hired us for, to be in our coaching program, our synchronized coaching program. And within a year and a half had grown a multi-million dollar business. Now she's on her way to tens of millions. Like in the course of three years, it's probably the most extraordinary. She by far has blown, you know, everyone's records away in terms of who we've worked with. And she's a unicorn. Like it's not typical. Right. But I love telling her story because she also wrote a book on it. In addition to growing the business, she ended up selling out multiple times on QVC. She ended up on the Today Show. I think Good Morning America. She was in Oprah magazine. I mean, it was an unbelievable um, journey. And so people can really read, she can read about like her experience with us on strap on a pair and the other people, of course, the mentors, the people who showed up in her life, the magic that happened because she got committed 
to what her goals were. And what's crazy, she'd never owned a business before. Like she was in <laughs> corporate America and her book is about literally sitting in the parking lot of, you know, corporate America, the job she was working at the time and crying and just wanting this dream so badly. It's a very inspiring book. She's an amazing woman. So definitely check out, check out. Oh, company. I will. Yeah. I and absolutely will. I will say though, it's pretty funny to read about yourself is a, you know, I was, a, I had a starring role in her book and <laughs> I guess you'd say starring, I don't know, but I felt like I was the coach who had all these one-liners and I would just walk up to her and drop one line and then walk away. I go, is that what I do? And she goes, yeah, that's what you do. And it, so it still makes me laugh, but, um, yeah, there's been many, I mean, we've had a lot of female entrepreneurs come through a lot of women who've, you know, for me working, I, we work with men and women. What's interesting is working with women has been extraordinarily powerful because, the second they double, triple, quadruple, or, you know, change how much money's coming into the household, right? They change mm -hmm. their legacy forever. And when women have money, men too, but when women have money, they, they just do these extraordinary things with it. I mean, Abby has this huge give back program that's part of her company now, and she's just making this, this really big impact. And so it's been great to be part of these legacy changes and seeing women, you know, take on these powerful roles in companies. Amazing. Well, I'm always in support, of course, of women empowering women and to see that there's more women in the space right now and there's more people taking back their power and launching and lifting and anchoring other people up. I think that's phenomenal. I believe every human being, regardless of gender, that's what we're here to do. Um, and, you know, so when you talk, Ursula, about getting somebody to the point of doubling, tripling and quadrupling their sales and their income, their revenues and their profit margins, what what generally is the common denominator of all that besides getting committed, besides being very devoted and, and, and disciplined? What puts somebody truly on that trajectory mm -hmm. where there's no turning back? Yeah, so they definitely have to burn the backup plan. And most yes. entrepreneurs have a backup plan. Second, it's about shifting their beliefs. A lot of times it's really about their belief in themselves and moving from, you know, I'm not enough imposter syndrome, who am I to be this person, right? To mm -hmm. owning their spot in the world, owning their place in their industry, whatever it is, becoming the leader that they want to become. And so, so much of the work that we do with our clients is we do all the, of course, the business stuff, you know, setting up your projections. Do I know how to sell? You know, how do I grow a team? That kind of stuff. But then I spend a lot of time, you know, once I've gotten, we've gotten someone to the point where they understand all of those pieces and that's working well, because I have another coach that um, works with me to, on the systems and the back end pieces. Once we're there, then a lot of the calls and the time we spend together is on mindset. You know, clients that we've worked with, you know, for three or four years, that's what they'll say to me. Is they'll say, Ursula, we don't talk about sales anymore. I'll say, because you don't need that. That's it's right. all about mindset. And it could be something as simple as, you know, having a struggle at home right now. Like, here's what's like, this is what's going on with my child. This is what I want to talk about today because mm -hmm. that's, what's blocking me from growing my business. So once they get to the certain point, it's, you know, it's constantly working on, the mind chatter, that monkey mind, like what's blocking them, what's taking up that space that's not allowing them to really be focused on growing the business. And what if somebody, and I'm sure you've heard this in your practice, what if somebody says, you know, I really am getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. I really am out of my own way. I really am stepping into it and rolling up my sleeves and taking all your advice and, and sponging up all the yumminess and eradicating all the things that are counterintuitive and aren't of service to me, but I'm still not seeing the results. What typically is going on when they're at that point? Is it a plateau? Is it something internal? Is it something external? Is it, how, how do you speak to that? Mm -hmm. Could be, it's tough to say, could be a lot of things. Um, often though, if it's a financial thing, like if they're stuck financially, they probably have what we call a financial set point. And mm -hmm. so then we start talking about, you know, what's the most amount of money you've ever received? Because we're really good as humans at blocking income from coming in. We're mm -hmm. super creative, right? Like we, we might not get our new pricing packages or whatever it is done. We might not have things updated on the website. We might not be doing the marketing we agreed to. Like I start to see self-sabotage happening, which mm -hmm. subconsciously allows them to stay at the same financial place. So then the question is, all right, so what, what is your belief about what's going to happen once you hit a certain financial level? And there's usually some thoughts or beliefs around that. Mm -hmm. Um, that, you know, like they might not have time for their family anymore, or, um, they might be working harder rather than their goal of working less. There's some block that's stopping them. So mm -hmm. it's just about us uncovering whatever that block is. 
Well, and I think, too, when we're talking about monies, particularly women, and, and that being synonymous with money and income, um, you know, there is a lot of false idea, ideology out there that would support, uh, which would create some of the sabotage you're speaking about, Ursula, um, where money makes you negative, it makes you narcissistic, it makes you egoic, it makes you self-absorbed, when really we know that the more money that we earn, that we deserve, uh, the more we can give back, the more people we can help. Mm-hmm. Yes. In fact, we ta- we we start our sales camps off by talking about that. Like how big of an impact do you want to make? And of course, people have all these big ideas. But then when it comes to them realizing that they they have they're in the driver's seat to drive that kind of revenue, that's when then the blocks come up, right? Because we love to talk about impact, but as soon as we tie it to money, it's like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. it brings up all the limiting beliefs. But yeah, the more money we make, the bigger impact we can make on the planet. Fantastic. And so with you being as fiercely committed to personal growth and development as what you are, and for everything that you've already accomplished and endeavored in your life, what what's next on the horizon? Like, how do you keep up with yourself? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like, so right now, I, you know, I love writing. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you a funny story. So I was working on my last book was, was this well, actually the current book that I'm finishing right now, but it, this book right now. And I, it's been, um, I've been finishing it for a while. So I was a little frustrated and I was talking to my editor and we, you know, I was talking about a writer that I really admire. Mm -hmm. And I said to my editor, I said, yeah, but you know, I'm an author. I'm an entrepreneurial author. I'm not a writer. And she like (laughs) Amanda, my editor stopped me and she said, what? And I said, yeah, I mean, I don't see myself as a writer. I'm an author who's an entrepreneur. And she said, Ursula, you're, you're my most prolific author and writer that I, you know, you're on to your, your fifth nonfiction book. You've written fiction. Like you, yeah, you're a writer. And I had this major breakthrough that I actually am a writer. Isn't that weird? Like I had never in my lifetime. So now that I've identified myself as a writer, because I had all these limiting beliefs about what that meant. Right. So what's happening now is I'm really connecting the fact that I'm an author, but I'm also, I am a writer. I love writing. I've always loved writing. So I'm finishing this next book, this next nonfiction book, which will release sometime next year. I'm, I have another fiction book that I'm working on. And now I'm in the world of children's books. I've been just, I've been wanting to write a children's book for so long. And so that's happening as well. So I've really connected with the beautiful of me being a writer. And I share that story because, you know, so many times we make up these stories about what we think other people are or who they are or their Mm -hmm. titles. And it's not the truth and it can block you. So for me, that, that belief was blocking a whole lot of things from happening. So, so that's next, you know, more, more writing and speaking and, Mm -hmm. you know, working with as many clients as we can, although we're getting, um, my coach partner and I, we kind of max out at some point. And so then we're doing other things, but that that's what we're going to do, you know, in the next year. Fantastic. Well, what's interesting about what you said, Ursula, is, you know, if if one of your clients had described themselves as you had about yourself to Amanda, you would have been the first person to have shot that down and said, are you kidding me? What are you talking about? (laughs) Right. Right. So it's still funny how as evolved as you are in what it is that you do and being exceptionally clear and driven, we still, regardless of our own successes, we still do rely upon people to point out sometimes what's most obvious that we can't yet see ourselves. Not only do we rely on it. I mean, I am a coach. I'm such a believer in coaching. I cannot live without having multiple coaches. Now I have them in, you know, I have a writing coach. I have a speaking coach. I have two business coaches that work together. They're in the same company. I have a parenting coach that I go to when I need her. I, I am a big believer in, you know, creating a shortcut, Mm-hmm. And coaching is the fastest way to do it. Like if you want to achieve something like, yeah, I want, you know, I decided I want to write the children's book. So I found the per I knew who I'd wanted, I'd wanted to hire for a long time. She's a best-selling children's book author and she also does coaching. And so of course I'm like, of course I'm going to work with her, right? Because she's mm-hmm. going to shortcut that process. And so for your listeners, you know, whether it's a coach, a consultant, a mentor, find those people who can, you know, create that shortcut from where you are to where you want to go. It just, it just saves you so much time and so much headache. It absolutely does. And so what constitutes somebody being coachable for you, Ursula, in your experience? What must they embody to begin with? (laughs) That's such a great question because when I first launched my coaching business, I wasn't so clear on that, Lisa. So, um, (laughs) 
Now I'm really clear. Like someone, you know, for us, it's really about, I want to grow my business. I want to grow the business fast. And on a scale of one to 10, 10 being most coachable, I'm a 10. Like we're at the point where if you're not a 10, like if you're not really ready to double, triple, quadruple or whatever it is that you want to do with your sales, Mm -hmm. it's just not a fit. And that's okay. We're not everybody's coach. But if you know, like I'm super coachable, I'm willing to do whatever it takes because that's how I am. And that's how my coaching partners, like we know, like we'll go at the highest level when we work. Um, when we're working with coaches, right? So we want to work with people who feel that same way. So they just have to be, has to be ready. And a lot mm-hmm. of times it's people who have spent a lot of money, you know, growing the business and doing a lot of things. They're already, you know, at some level of success, but now mm-hmm. they're just ready to up level. They're ready. You know, they want to have that seven figure business or multi six or, you know, multi seven even, and mm-hmm. they just want the support to get there. Well, and knowing that that is your prerequisite, that is your criteria for who you would deem to be coachable, how quickly do they then morph? So, again, sorry. And I know that's individualized. Like, I know that every client would be different based upon their individual goals. But knowing that they're already coming to you coachable, they're already on a scale, they're already at a 10, they're already ready to peak, they're already ready to explode and get busy. Um, Mm -hmm. How long, generally, on average, for your clients does it take for them to morph in the direction that they're meant to and that they're intending on? Yeah. (sighs) A lot of times, we've had a lot of clients make massive shifts in 30 days, Mm -hmm. 60 days, you know, they're, they're really into it. 90 days. We see some incredible differences in their businesses. You know, like you said, like, you know, some people run into different life challenges or things come up, but give us 90 days with somebody and some major things are going to have changed for them. Um, and a lot of, yeah. And do you have a cap? Like if they, if they're still not where you project that they should be, uh, in concert with them identifying that for themselves, let's say, for example, at the 120 day mark, are you then more apt to think, okay, there's a block going on or is it just, it's just still that time progression where it needs to continually go vertical? We can usually tell by, so we have a, uh, an online program we use to track sales. So mm-hmm. we can usually see all of their activity. We can see their, what we call work in progress report, which is their pipeline report. And even if they like have kind of a, an iffy month where it didn't, maybe it didn't hit what they wanted to. We look, if we can look at their pipeline and the next month, a lot of times like the night, you know, the third month, it's just their pipeline is massive. And so that's when all of a sudden it starts to hit. They're mm-hmm. usually fine. So we have enough data that we're collecting that we pretty much know if they're still on track or if they've gotten completely off track, which has happened. Like, you know, we've had some clients who've had some life stuff come up and, you know, they've had to put a coaching on hold. I mean, that's pretty rare, but things like that, of course, you know, do happen. But most of our clients, once they get that trajectory, they're on Mm -hmm. their way. And do you have a situation where you're simultaneously coaching some clients who are very similar with their messaging and their branding and they would, you know, I don't believe anybody's my competition. I believe I'm in competition with myself, but for people who are out there in the marketplace trying to, uh, you know, improve their client roster and get their name out there, how do you work with two people who are very similar in their ideology, their philosophy, their branding, their business model, et cetera? I mean, we would, we would work with them. I mean, everything we do with our clients is, of course, confidential, so it's not, you know, overlap. But a lot of times we get a lot of service-based businesses, so there's a a lot of similarities in how we help them grow. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's simple things, you know, like their, you know, their, their packaging, their pricing, who their target client is. Um, we can certainly help with tweaking and branding, but a lot of times when the clients get to us, they, that piece has probably already worked out pretty well. And we can mm-hmm. help tweak a little bit, but it's more along the lines of, you know, are you packaged correctly? Are you priced correctly? Are you talking to the right people? How can we help you get, you know, more of that? And a lot of our clients are in really different markets, so there's not a lot of overlap. But we've seen, we actually have two, we had social, um, two social media companies that we were working with at the same time. And they actually got to know each other. And by getting to know each other, it helped them actually get clarity on who they didn't want to work with, which Mm. they ended up working with different industries. And then they started referring business back to each other. So it actually helped them clarify who they wanted to work with, which I thought was pretty cool. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit, Ursula, about your podcast and where people can tune into you, where people can buy your books, where people can see you take the stage, how people can reach out to you with regards to acquiring your services from a mentoring coaching perspective. Yeah. Thank you so much for asking. We, so one thing I want to make sure listeners know about, we have, if you go to um, my website, which is sales with an S, so it's salescoachnow.com. 
forward slash gift. We have a little special gift. It's um, just, it's a P it's a simple PDF on six secrets to double your sales. It's got some juicy stuff on there. It's one page just to inspire you and get you going. And then we can be connected. Uh, but most of our information is on salescoachnow.com. You can find, um, my books are all available there. They're also available on Amazon. Uh, there's uh, a link. So if you go to salescoachnow.com forward slash sales camp, you can learn more about sales camp and the courses we have um, happening, which are happening in California and in Minnesota now. So there's options. Like if you don't want to get cold in the winter, you could go to San Diego. <laughs> and yeah. And, um, and you can go on iTunes. You can find the Double Your Sales Now show there. It's on iHeartRadio. Um, and just do a search for that there. We also have the shows on my website as well under podcast. So you can enjoy them there as well. Thanks for asking. Beautiful. And so how does somebody go about, uh, being seen, uh, as a prospective guest on your show? What kind of people are you generally, uh, wanting to interview? Well, that's a great question. We interview a lot of our clients, uh, and anyone who has, you know, a great story, we loved having you on our show just with everything that you're up to. So, you know, if someone feels like, um, they've had a great, you know, just great success in the sales area, they've doubled or tripled their their sales or just made a big impact in their industry. Um, they can definitely reach out to us at contact at salescoachnow.com to send us their information about potentially being on the show. Lovely. And so in terms of how you would define, because it's a very individualized definition, but based on your experiences, based on your ideologies, Ursula, what does living fearlessly mean for you? And, and what nugget or so could you impart to the listening audience that might prove fruitful and favorable for them? Sure. So I end every keynote with the following quote. Eleanor Roosevelt once said, you must do the thing you think you cannot do. Mm. It's my favorite quote about fear because there've been so many things in my life that I've been so afraid to do, you know, from public speaking to writing, to social media, you know, to putting myself out there. I, you know, being visible was not one of those things that I was hoping for. And so I've, you know, just to be in the career that I'm in, I've become much more visible over the years. And that was a big thing for me, but I always would say that to myself, Ursula, if you're afraid to do it, it's probably the exact thing that you need to do next. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Bingo. Bullseye. Love that. And, you know, so in terms of downtime or what people may not necessarily glean about you outside of the successful Ursula, what might people be surprised to know about you in terms of either your leisure time or your secret hobbies or mm -hmm. anything else that the public wouldn't necessarily know about you, Ursula? Sure. Well, I spend a lot of time coloring with my five-year-old and we do Aww. a lot of art in the mornings. He loves doing art as much as I do. And I found that that to be, so I love to paint. I love to draw. I love horses. You know, I love animals from being on the farm. Mm -hmm. um, we live on a lake in Minnesota, which is a lot of fun. It's still open this time of year, which is great. So in the summertime, we spend a lot of time on the water. I'm very much a water girl. So I need to be around um, the energy of, of water. What else wouldn't they know? I, I love being a mom. I became a mom later in life. We were told we probably wouldn't have kids and, you know, just thought that was part of the plan. And then one day we found out that, um, I was indeed pregnant. And so Aww, at almost lovely. 40 years old, we had our son and he has, <laughs> I laugh because he was born running. Should that surprise <laughs> us when you meet my husband and I know, um, but we've been trying to keep up with them for the last five years. And so we've learned so much about ourselves over the last five and having Luca has just changed our lives in such, you know, it's definitely stretched us, right. Definitely stretched mm -hmm. us in many ways as a being parents, but, um, I've learned so much about myself by being a parent and it's been uh, you know, I think out of all the roles and all the things I've done in my life, being a mom and a wife is, um, has brought me tremendous joy. Well, I can attest to the parent part. I really do look upon my children as being my best, most instrumental teachers on that. <laughs> right. right. I mean, they teach you everything you need to know or relearn things that you have to be remindful of, uh, you know, in terms of patience. And you talk about being stretched and knowing what your limitations are and your standards and everything. Uh, and really just really embracing that capacity for love that you couldn't otherwise fathom, really. Yes. Outside of being a parent. I, I really believe that. So true. And yeah, I, I didn't know 
I didn't know the depths of how hard it would be and how amazing yes. it would be. No one, no one can prepare you for that. And no, there's no, there's no book on that. I don't no. know how talented you are of a writer, Ursula. You could not no. write that book. No, no, nor would I. That is one I would not want to try. Because if there's anything I've learned about parenting, it's that every child is very different. And right. what works, you know, the advice that we got just, you know, didn't work for us. And there were just, you know, Luca was this needed different things. And so um, we, we've definitely learned a lot. Phenomenal, though. And what are some of the most important things that you would want to impress upon your son in terms of him, uh, you know, coming into his own eventually with making the decisions of where he would like to embark upon in his life journey? What things are most pivotal for you from a parent's perspective, but also knowing all the personal and professional development that you embody, which is, you know, invaluable insight and wisdom and experience. What what would, what do you want for Luca? What's important for, for Luca to know from you, Ursula, the mom? Yeah, I think number one, to be good to people. Yes. Like no matter what happens in his life to remember that, you know, most people are good. And when you're good to people, the good comes back to you in ways that you couldn't even imagine. Because, you know, I think about what's ahead for our kids mm. and it's, you know, I try not to live in fear about that, but I, you know, there's, there's so much going on in the world today and I'm not going to be there. And that, that's a scary thing. So I want him to surround himself with good people that, you know, mm. being an only child, especially he's going to need a tribe to run with. And yes. I want him to find those people because at the end of the day, I don't care what you've accomplished. I don't care about any of that. Like if you, if you don't have that tribe that cares about you, that you care about, like, what's the point? And I, when I say tribe, I don't mean, you know, yes, some of those people might be family members. They might not mm-hmm. be, but those friends that you develop over the years, that's going to matter more than anything. And the people who are in your close circle, I want him to have, and we, you know, I really try to model that for him. And so as my husband, we try to model, you know, the connections that we have, the, we really value the friendships that he already has. He's had a couple of friends since he was two. And I mm-hmm. said, what would it be like if you guys knew each other your whole lives? You know, what would that, like? that would that be like? So being good to people, number one, number two, giving back, right? Like he's going to mm-hmm. grow up in a world, like he's been given a lot. Things haven't been hard for him. We try not to buy him tons of things. We, you know, it's like, we try to prevent that. You can't cause there's family mm-hmm. and people want to buy him stuff, but to just, you know, to give back, to volunteer, we did some volunteering last week with him and, you know, just to see what he's learning about the world. So to, to give back and third, and it's weird for me because I'm, I believe in goal setting everything else. Right. But this is mm-hmm. third for me is to believe that he can do anything. Of course, yes. I want him to live in a world of unlimited possibility to be able to put fear aside. But I think if you don't have that core, you know, that core tribe, which along with that comes, you know, a connection, a divine connection, you know, having faith. I mean, that, of course, that's the the top of everything is, you know, for him to have a higher power and a faith. But then beyond that, just like the people and then giving back and then also just, you know, knowing that whatever he wants, whatever he can, you know, that's all possible. Like I, I, that's third. I realize now as I'm saying this, Lisa, it's third because (laughs) I want that to be innate in him. I don't want that to be something he has to figure out. Do you get what I'm saying? Like I had to learn that. I -hmm. want that to just come from a place of knowing for him. Well, and what I love is you were giving your answer there, Ursula, as you mentioned the word beyond several times. And I love that because I oftentimes say beyond the sky is the limit. Yeah. Right beyond the sky. People say the sky is the limit. No, you can go higher. You can go further. You can go farther, right? Soar, go fly, go soar. But, um, being cognizant of time, Ursula, I mean, I could, I could talk for hours with you. I mean, I feel very akin to you. There's a lot of parallels between you and I outside of what we do for a living, but just in terms of backstory and things of that nature. But, uh, I just want to say, I really appreciate the gift of your time because I know how invaluable that is. And I know how off the hook busy you are and how many people are counting on you. Um, but if you could just please give us the benefit of knowing where people can reach you once again. Sure. Thank you. Um, salescoachnow.com. And on the top left, when you go to salescoachnow.com, you can see um, all the social media I'm on. I'm on Facebook, of course, Instagram, we're on Twitter, um, LinkedIn, all those places, YouTube, I have YouTube channel so we can play there. So lots of free resources. Of course, the Double Your Sales Now show is on iHeartRadio. It's on iTunes. Come and listen. That's free. It's fun, <laughs> right? Come and play with us there. And remember to get your gift. Go to salescoachnow.com forward slash gift and just take that free download and have some fun with it. Fantastic. And now with the holidays upon us, how do you choose to relax? What are you going to do for Ursula? 
You know, oh, probably a little spa time. Like that's always fun. Good. One of the things that we discovered as a family is that traveling the week before Christmas is a really good time to um, be out and about and there's lots of availability. And so we're going to take a little trip to some warmer weather right before Christmas. We're going to go to Florida and hang out and, um, just go to the beach. For me, it's all about water, right? Whether it's in my backyard or at the ocean, I just got to soak up some sand and some sea air and some water and some sun. And that will recharge me before the Christmas holiday hits. Thanks for asking. Fantastic. And you had a nice Thanksgiving. We did. We did. We did some volunteering and then we got to hang out with family. Uh, it was, it was perfect. Thank you. How about you? Lovely. Well, being Canadian, my Thanksgiving that's was right. I'm sorry, in October. No, that's okay. That's okay. Most of the people I, I interface with are in the States and people just think because it's a global show that no. I'm automatically in the States. Um, but actually this past weekend was wonderful because my children and I put up our Christmas tree. We did a little bit earlier than usual. Oh, and uh, so I still felt like we were celebrating the holidays and looking forward to the you know Christmas holidays upon us. And so, yeah, I had a great weekend. Thank you. Even though I didn't bring it in with turkey or anything <laughs> you can come over to our house anytime if Leftovers. you want to experience the thanksgiving holiday so well, that's, well that's amazing i appreciate that well ursula i just want to say once again it's been so lovely talking to you i think you're a breath of fresh air and i really admire and respect everything that you're doing in this space to continually pay it forward and to be of service and i think you're just absolutely dynamite you're on fire And uh, I'm certainly inspired having listened to you and I'm forever taking notes as I listen to my guests and then I have the the takeaways and the additional breakthroughs uh, once I have the privilege of listening to the playback of the podcast, knowing that I'm not wearing that host hat. I can just listen to everything my guest is saying. And so everything that you shared with myself and the listening audience and the podcast subscribers has been truly, truly insightful and invaluable and deeply, deeply uh, appreciated. So thank you, Ursula, for who, for being exactly who you are, really. Bless you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was a great conversation. We could talk all day, Lisa. So we could. You. Yeah. I, and I feel the same about you. So I look forward to having you back on my show someday. Thank you for having me here today. Well, thank you, Ursula. And you have a standing invitation to come back here anytime. You're more than welcome. And for somebody who's as committed to uh, rapid growth as what you are, there's always going to be a new update in your world. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. A new new book, a new something. So yes, (laughs) please know you're always welcome back on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. So to the listening audience, I want to thank you once again for taking time out of your busy schedule for tuning in to myself and uh, Ursula here today. I want to remind you that once the podcast is made available. You can eventually also find it on my host page, also Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald on the C-Suite Radio Network. I want to once again uh, take this opportunity to thank my corporate sponsors, inclusive of Forever, Halton Honda, and AHA That. I want to thank everybody who has put Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald and my guests of each week on the map iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Apple, uh, really cannot be doing this in a vacuum. And I'm very clear on my purpose. My purpose is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. So I want to wish you a very safe, wonderful, relaxed weekend. And I look forward to joining you back here again on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 10 Central, 11 Eastern. Love and gratitude. All my best. Take care, friends. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.